Bless you, O God. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We thank our God for he is holy. He is worthy of all the praise. As we continue on in our series on love, running on empty, looking to be filled, we turn to our loving, gracious God. In this moment, it's time to worship him, to bless him, and to surrender to him. Uh, for he is worthy uh, to be praised. And so we want to thank our God for being an awesome God, a loving God, and a caring God. And so in your own way, just to surrender to him and meditate on his love, his grace, um, and his mercy. Uh, join in with me as we just think about how great our God is. Mighty Father, Lord, we bless you, we worship you, we magnify your holy name. We thank you that you are worthy, that you are God all alone. Your love is everlasting. Your love never fails. Your grace is sufficient. Your mercy is so wonderful. Move, O oh Father, Lord, in our hearts. Uh, move in our lives. We are desperate for your presence. We're desperate to know your peace. In the midst of the storms, in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of heartaches and pain, comfort us, almighty God. Uh, time of grief and bereavement, time of loss, time of illness and sickness. Lord, we're desperate for your strength and your endurance to pull us through. Father, as we come together, Lord, we open up our hearts as we open up your word to hear a word from you. Uh, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Open up the eyes that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you're able to open up your Bible and your Bible app or join in with us, we'll be looking to Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 6 through 9, and a parable again, looking at the love of God expressed to us. And so today we want to focus on the subject matter of repentance and how God's love also shows his grace and his mercy that leads us to repentance. I want to highlight how repentance is a response to God's love. God's love for us uh, gives room for us to grow, to mature, to learn from maybe our mistakes and help us to maybe turn and repent and have a change of mind and come and fully embrace his love and his protection, his grace and his mercy he has for us. Uh, God's love is expressed to us in his mercy. Mercy is withholding what we deserve. God's mercy involves time and, and his patience is shown to us by not giving us what we do deserve, but withholding, relenting that. Therefore, God's mercy is also packaged with his grace, for grace is a gift and God freely gives to us what we don't deserve. Grace gives us time to get it right, what we did not get right the first time. God's love for us makes room for us so that we can operate in his grace and his mercy to understand that 
we are not perfect. We don't get it right. But God, hallelujah, gives us time uh, to get it right. So thank you, God, for giving us your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, that your love is, is expressed in grace and in mercy. And so when we look at our parable, uh, Luke 13 chapter, uh, we see that Jesus is trying to point out that some feel that many of our trials and tribulations come to those who deserve it uh, because of problems and wickedness maybe in their lives, that they deserve the punishment um, that they deserve. But Jesus is showing to us that that's not how God operates on a punitive basis, that God's grace and mercy is sufficient for all. But all need to make sure that they get right because death is coming. There's going to be a time that there won't be any opportunity for us to get it right. And so now that you have time to get it right, now that God's love is expressing his mercy and his grace in a span of time to get it right, now is the time to get right. For tomorrow might be too late. Many of us are aware of deadlines. We know that if you miss a deadline, it hurts. Definitely when they have what we call what a hard deadline means there's no grace. There's no room for forgiveness. And so thank God that God does have a deadline, but yet we have room for grace. Because many of us have messed up and, and, and been in error, and God gives an opportunity to fix what we have done wrong. That's grace. That's mercy. That's his love, his forgiveness he points to us. And so when we look in Luke, the 13th chapter, we pick up at verse 6 and 9, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation that says this. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taken up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, I give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. So this parable is coming up, expressing to us that we must learn how to repent in response of God's love. Notice in this parable that we have a man that planted a vineyard. Also, this man has a vine dresser or a gardener that is tending to the vineyard. In this fruit garden, in this vineyard, there happens to be this fig tree this man has his eye on, and he has come to it, it says, in for three years, and every year he, he's been coming to this fig tree, there's been no fruit. So this man is thinking, I've given this tree enough time to produce fruit, and since it's not accomplishing what I've asked it to, what it's set out to do for its purpose, its goal, I am going to cut it down. But yet we find a gardener that intercedes, that intervenes, that says, give it one more chance. And then here's what the gardener says. I'm going to give it special attention, extra attention. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to give extra fertilizer. And then if the following year it doesn't bear fruit, then you can cut it down. What I want to highlight here is that God is giving us room to grow. 
In this, in this parable, right, he gives them room to grow. The fig tree has time to grow. It has time to grow. One thing about the fig tree I'm going to highlight here is symbolic, definitely, in the Near East Eastern culture, in agriculture, that this fig tree is also oftentimes used in the imagery of God's promise to the children of Israel. The fig tree represents a time of peace and prosperity. Fig trees are, are listed when God says in Deuteronomy 8, chapter verses 6 through 8, it says this, For the Lord God, your God, is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. The fig tree is included of showing prosperity, showing wealth and the blessing of God to the children of Israel. And so the fig tree represents a blessing, it represents peace, it represents a time of prosperity. And so it's significant here that the fig tree also has a effective production of that it provides. It provides shade for wells and watering holes. Uh, it produces fruit, a delicacy uh, for cakes. And so there's a blessing of having this fig tree. Uh, in the garden and the solstice. But also when I highlight this fig tree, it's on uh, an emblem and symbolic of the children of Israel uh, not responding to the love of God and not repenting and showing fruit of righteousness. And so what we're pointing out here, the main text that we want to grab here is that unless you repent, you will perish. So we must repent and know life. We are not righteous. But we are found guilty. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life, is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so death is always going to be present, but we can defeat death by the power and the victory we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who frees us from the power of sin when we know him as our Lord and Savior through repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And so what we must learn in this fiction is pointing out that we have time to get it right. Seasons come and seasons go. And as the seasons come and the seasons go, what are we doing in our seasons, in our lives? Are we satisfied with how we are living? This parable deals with God's love for us. And the desire for us to be in right relationship with him, turning from wickedness, selfishness and living for him. So what about your life? Are you seeing fruit in your life that you're satisfied with? Is your life productive as you would like it to be? If you're not seeing the fruit you desire, is there something wrong with the soil or is there something wrong with the tree? Will you turn and try to, refer, to to allow God to work on you and allow you to have that fruit being produced uh, in your life? Or will you continue on living your life as you've been living for your own desire and your own gratification and still wonder why you're not getting satisfying fruit in your life? See, we must understand that God made us for him. And since he made us for him, we must produce fruit 
for him. And that's the satisfaction we get out of life by living a life that brings glory and honor unto him. And then we get the benefit of that same blessing of peace and joy and happiness living for him. But for living for ourselves and doing what we want, we sometimes want to blame others when things don't go the way we want because we want to do stuff for our own self-gratification. We justify our selfish acts. We justify our emotional reactions to certain situations and events in our lives because that's the desire that we are after. But God is calling us not to be selfish, but to be selfless, that we must lay down our lives and deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow after him. To see fruit in our lives, we have to abide in him, for he is the vine and we are the branches. He says that in John, it says that apart from him, we cannot do anything. So we must be connected to God and submissive to him and surrender to him and allow his will be done in our lives for us to see the fruit that we desire to see. And so if we don't want to see fruit in our lives, and, and then there's going to be a result for judgment is present. This parable speaks of how we have time to produce fruit. It says that there was three years for this fig tree to produce fruit. We might be familiar with how we give people time to get things right, right? As, as in school, right, you got time till you have to go from your freshman to your senior year in college, right? You have your matriculation to get to your degree. In times of work, you have a time to give you an assignment and a deadline to turn it in. And we understand that if you don't meet these timelines, you don't meet these dates, that there's going to be a penalty for not doing so. And so we must understand that just as in work, just as in education, God has called us to a greater standard that we ought to live a life of righteousness that we might see fruit in our lives by doing the work it requires for us to do while we have time. But yet we must understand that we don't serve a God that's full of wrath, but a God that's full of love. So he rather show his love, his grace and his mercy uh, than his wrath. Thank you, Lord. But yet the judgment is evident there that it says it will cut down the unfruitful trees. And so what's the problem with the tree? It could be the soil. So therefore, the gardener is saying, well, I want to make sure I can handle and make sure that I can remove whatever hindrances, whatever problems might be. Maybe it might be the soil. So I'm going to dig around the tree and remove maybe rocks or remove any impediments and objections and objects that might be uh, stopping the water flowing and getting into the roots of the tree so that it can produce fruit. So I'm going to make sure it's clean. So he says, I'm going to dig around the tree. Not even that. I'm going to make sure it gets good fertilizer. Maybe the soil doesn't have the nutrients it needs to help it to be fruitful in its life. And so here's a situation about when encourage us to think about that. Sometimes we don't have fruit in our lives because we are surrounded by things that are choking us, that are hindering us, that are stopping us from reaching our full potential. And the problem is that we can't see it until we dig up and get to the root. I, I wish I had a few more people in here that could just say amen. Uh, because if you understand that sometimes on the surface everything looks 
All right, but once we get underneath, then we start seeing there might be some complexities, there might be some problems, there might be some other things that I haven't addressed yet that I just let fester, that I let sit there, and now it becomes overwhelming and a problem that I now I got to deal with. And here we see we got our God, like a gardener that's able to work on us and work through us if we surrender to him and say, Lord, have thine own way. And so here it is that There's some things in our lives that maybe we need to dig into. We need to get deep in. We need to submit to. We need to surrender to. And these are the things that maybe you just don't like listening to, right? You don't want somebody to tell you how you're not listening or that you have a situation or you have a problem. You don't want to hear somebody saying that you're impatient or you're aggressive or you are hoppering on the wrong thing. You don't want to hear somebody trying to help you and help you to see something from a different perspective if it's contrary to what you see. But if we can humble ourselves and allow ourselves to sit there and say, God, have thine own way, it might be uncomfortable. It might hurt just a little bit, but yet it might help you to grow and be better in a long way. And so here's the situation that we must understand that there might be some situations in my lives that I got to handle, I got to deal with, that I got to confess to, that I got to expose, I got to peel back the curtain and, and let somebody see and say, Lord, I'm having issues right here and I need to dig them up. I need to remove them to how I can have room to grow and see fruit uh, in my life. That's God's grace. Uh, that God allows us to get it right. He gives us extra care. Look what the gardener says, right? He says, and the, and the answer said unto him, let it long serve for this year until I dig around it and put in fertilizer and it bears fruit next year. The gardener's believing that I, 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 I can fix the soil. I can get down and see what might been hindering the growth from happening because everything else is growing around. So might be in this patch right here that is not being fruitful. So let me get down to it for the tree looks good. The tree looks like it should have fruit, but maybe there's something missing that I can get to. I can dig it up. I can remove and add something. Oh, glory be to God. Aren't you glad that when God takes away, he Ads. And so not only is he removing the dirt, but he's going to remove what might have been hindering this tree from growing so that it can add something to help it to grow. Uh, we want God to fill us up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us up that we might be filled with you for your glory, for your purpose, to be able to move and walk according to the Spirit because we feel by the Spirit. We're overflowing of the Spirit. Fill us up, Almighty God, that we might overflow, that we might walk, that we can speak love, we can speak grace, we can speak mercy because we're, we're filled with your love, your grace, and your mercy. You're removing that hate, that animosity, that selfishness, that all those those impediments that is hindering us from walking according to your will. Help us, oh God, be filling with your word so I speak more in love. I speak more in grace because the power of your gospel, the power of your word. Tell your neighbor the time is now to get it right. Let us say, Lord, I need to be filled up by you. I'm tired of running on empty. I'm tired of not seeing the fruit in my life. And here's the time that we can surrender to him and say, Lord, dig around, remove what needs to be removed, take what needs to be taken, take everything that I don't need. I just want you. I just need you. Oh, have thine way, oh God. And so when we can get there, then we can repent. 
then we can turn back and say, Lord, I, I strayed away. I gone on the wrong path. I seek, I sought after things that only satisfied me and made me feel good, but that was only short term gratification. Lord, I want eternal peace. I want to know your joy. I want to know what it means to be loved by you and surrender to you. The time is now. Christ has come to show us the way to eternal life. Romans 8, 38 and 9 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What I want to highlight here is that the garden represents Christ as saying, I want to make sure nothing separates you. I want to get you right. And so when we surrender to Christ, he's going to do all his part. He's going to do his job because he is faithful to hold us and guide us and direct us. So it's up to us that we must submit and surrender and say, Lord, have thine own way. Work within me. Build me up. Change me from the inside out. Change my attitude. Change my speech. Change the way I use my hands. Change the way I use my feet. Lord, use me for your glory and for your honor. For what is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind, a change of life, a change of lifestyle, a change of attitude. And so if we repent, then we'll change. And we start seeing the fruit of our repentance because of our obedience to Christ. So I'm going to read this text again. And I want you to hear how the compassion of the gardener has for this fig tree to get it right. Because he understands that judgment is coming. But yet he wants to give grace. He wants to get time to get it right. Can you hear God speaking to you as I read this again to you? Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years. There hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taken up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. My prayer is that you take advantage of this one more chance of God's grace and his mercy. Allow him to give you plenty of attention and give him back your undivided attention. Allow him to fill you up with what you need that you might see the fruit you desire in your life. Let us pray. Father, fill us up with your love, your grace, and your mercy. Forgive us, O God, for times of our selfishness, sure, for times of our, of our pain, 
for times of our rebellion, times of our disobedience. Fill us up with your peace, your love, your joy, your mercy, your grace is truly sufficient. Father, there might be someone who does not know you. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe he died on the cross for their sins and rose on the third day. Father, we thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for giving us time to get it right. But Father, today we want to be right with you. Search our hearts. Forgive us for our sins, knowingly and unknowingly. Transform us through your spirit. And work with us daily as we want to walk with you. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. I want to encourage you that this is a daily journey, a daily walk. Uh, so we continue to have a God that will be with us and guide us. So don't give up on yourself. God has never given up on you. Continue to turn to him and let him love you back in that same way. God bless you. Until we meet again, know that Jesus loves you and so do 